Warning, this podcast is a Korean Black production. This is a podcast for adults only. It is not a podcast for people who think podcast hosts should be emotional friends, spiritual advisors, surrogate parents, or role models for their children, grandchildren, or potential offspring. This podcast may contain all sorts of trigger warning type content such as graphic language, harsh judgments, and microaggressive behavior. If you are a sensitive person or reality challenged, or you only listen to podcasts that agree with your religious views, personal philosophy, ideology, or feelings about life in general, please do not listen to this podcast. All comments, compliments, and complaints should be sent to koreablack at koreablackproductions.com. Thank you. ladies and gentlemen i am back with gianna and today we are going to review the game now i would just like to say to all law enforcement and legal entities you can feel free to use what i'm about to say as a confession of guilt i absolutely love this film however maybe it's because i lack a suicidal sense of adventure or maybe it's because i lack a sense of humor But if any of my family members or my dear, dear friends did any of this nonsense to me, there is not a judge on this planet who could give me enough prison time to keep me from murdering each and every one of you. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart with total sincerity. You can take that as God's own truth. And now onto the review. So I do have to say, like, we, we've had a few movies where we've talked about having to suspend disbelief for the plot yes. to work. This is one of the worst offenders. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, how many things have to go perfectly to plan for this to all work? The right? only thing I can see is that there's a roving crew of people who have to follow him everywhere. It must be like 30 or 40 people yeah. everywhere. But, and then you have to have people who intersect him to guide where you need him to go because you can't anticipate where he'll go there has to be so much control and i just feel like in and we'll get into parts of it that i find completely preposterous but yeah there's certain pieces that have to be controlled so completely that you're just like uh how did they do this (laughs) but i know you like these type of movies where they never they don't have to explain they don't feel like they have a need to explain they just they just want you to just go with it right right so I get that you are into that. And I know normally you say that with like sci-fi elements, but I assume it's the same with this movie, uh, it, right? it is, but you're right. It's a stretch with this. Like I saw this in the theater and I haven't seen it since. So when I was a kid, or I guess in my 20s, I uh, I really didn't care. I just saw it as a movie, so it didn't matter to me. Now watching it, you do have to stretch your disbelief level a lot. I, although I still like it, and I think the film is a little too long. I think they could have cut 20 minutes off of it. Yeah. But 
it's it's really just a mouse in a maze kind of thing. And with a mouse yeah. in a maze, that's controlled because you see the maze if you're looking at it. So everything is controlled for. And this, it's open world. So it's yeah. hard to control everything. And it I, could this happen in real life? Absolutely not. Because there's too many <laughs> vectors that you'd have to take care of to make sure, unless you're going to make sure he stays on a set course. That's the yeah. only way it would happen. But I looked at it like, it's a picture of its time because in the yeah. 90s we were getting a lot of the psychological thrills because after this i think he he followed this up with um uh i'm talking about michael douglas now a perfect perfect murder that he yeah did that was with, a great uh, movie too yeah, yeah. with Gwyneth paltrow mm -hmm. and miss goop and so <laughs> um but that was what the thing was thrillers and psychological stuff and all that kind of stuff back then so it's just a product of what in back then people weren't really questioning the logic of everything they just wanted to be entertained now, after the CSI stuff, people want to analyze stuff, and that's where you're getting caught up in. You're getting caught up in the fact that logically, how is all this going to happen? You know, so it kind of takes away from the overall entertainment of the film for you. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but like, I, you do have to think about like in this time and place. So this is in the late '90s, right? '97. You don't have as much technology or access. Like, there's no smartphone, right? He doesn't have a smartphone. He has to use an actual phone to call places, right? Oh, no, no. He, he did he have a cell phone. A, he had a cell phone, but it's not like an internet phone. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it, it might have been a little easier to do, to control someone when there's less information at their fingertips, right? Does True. that make sense? Because he mm -hmm. could have just Googled this place, this CRS place, right? Whereas he has to kind of figure out in real time what's going on with this place because there is no inter like I mean there's internet at that time obviously not but like, like today it's not, it's not like today <laughs> yeah right where you could just go and like look something up and fall into a, like a Reddit rabbit hole of what's going on right right <laughs> that's true so but yeah so so yeah let's get started into it like basically you have Michael Douglas who plays Nicholas Van Orton and he's a very successful businessman. Um, or sorry, the movie starts with like some uh, homemade footage, homemade mo footage, right? And shows like him as a kid with his dad, and then it ends with his dad having committed suicide. Yeah. Um, At his own house, he jumped off his own roof. Yeah. And this is where Nicholas is living now. Yeah. In this giant mansion. By the way, uh, that mansion's awesome. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> I my favorite part of that is when he's sitting in that house by himself and eating his dinner, and yeah. nobody's bothering him. I, <laughs> I was like, man, you're living my dream. I want that. I mean, oh, it's just, yes. I don't need all that space, but I like that. I just, yeah. I, it wouldn't bother, it probably bother you. The size of the house might scare you and there's nobody in there, but it yeah, wouldn't bother me. I get freaked out my own house and it's like not even 2,000 yeah. square feet. <laughs> yeah. I get scared. So. I noticed that when I had my own first house, people, because I had a big house, but I got, I was able to, I rented it, but the guy, it was during the housing crash and he gave me a really good deal to move in. And people would come to my house and say, you need all this space? I said, no, it just, <laughs> it was just a good deal. So I took yeah, it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you could tell like, he's just kind of, he's not, it doesn't seem like a very caring person. He just no. seems kind of like he's a businessman. He's divorced that he doesn't really talk to his ex-wife and the only family, well, he has a maid, right? That, that yeah. helps him in his house. But the only family he has is his little brother played by Sean Penn. Right. And the character's name is Conrad. Um, but yeah, the, the opening shows just kind of him like just doing his day to day and not really like caring about anything. 
Yeah. Right? He's just kind of a cold dude. Uh, and then it's his birthday, and Conrad shows up at a restaurant where he he seems to be a regular, right? Mm-hmm. Like he knows everybody, and he gives them gives them a gift, and it's a voucher for a game, and it's a company called CRS Consumer Recreation Services, and he says it's going to change his life. But Conrad doesn't really, or sorry, uh, Nicholas doesn't really seem that interested in it, right? So he's just kind of like whatever, you know, just kind of poo-poos it and doesn't really seem interested he goes back to that same restaurant the next night right mm-hmm. and he he, he kind of overhears these two new members of it's like supposed to be an exclusive club yeah it's like a men in, it's a yeah. men's club not a strip joint but a, like a private <laughs> yeah like club. a uh, private yeah members only club. it's like a social gathering club yeah um, which i don't think they really have those anymore they don't have them i mean they're only really in new york or mm-hmm. chicago old cities you don't really see them and uh, you do in cigar bars. Have you ever been one of those? Uh, no, because I'm not really a cigar person. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, cigar bars are kind of like this. They're, people okay. go there just to smoke and they, they do, I think, sometimes serve alcohol. And there's pretty ladies who bring the guys the cigars. And it's mm-hmm. basically a gentleman's club. But they do have in the Northeast, Massachusetts, New York clubs where there's only men, men are only allowed in. No women. Yeah. Some of them are still no minorities to this point. Wow. And um, and it's they 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 go back like hundreds of years that the, mm-hmm. this kind of type of establishment, but they do have them in the Northeast. I don't know about if it's a California thing, so. Uh, but yeah, he sees these two new members. He tells the bartender to get their next round on him, and he overhears him talking about having done the game before, and they both kind of tell him that it was good for them, right? That it they don't really give details, but they tell him like, yeah, we had this happen and it kind of changed our lives for the better or whatever. I don't see how, but whatever. Well, we don't know that yet, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, he decides to go to the office of the CRS place, and it just seems kind of like in disarray when he first gets there. They're still doing construction. Yeah, and there's just kind of a bunch of people, like, kind of hanging around, and he goes to the receptionist who, like, shoes him off at first because she's on the phone, which you can tell annoys him, right? Like, he's kind of like, wait, don't you know who I am? (laughs) Right? Like, you got that that yeah. vibe right when he first walks in yeah because he's uh, used to people acknowledging him yeah no matter what he, he could go into the bathroom stop what you're doing i'm in this room now you yeah. know he's that kind of guy but yeah so they finally have this guy come talk to him and he's played by oh, what's the actor's name because he's oh. in oh so many things the uh james uh james rebhorn yeah the character name is Jim Feingold, but his name, he's a character actor. I didn't know his last name, his real last yeah. name, but his his name is James Rebhorn, and he does a lot of films. I mean, if you look up his face, you know who this guy is. Yeah, like, yeah. You don't so probably know him movies. by name, but you'll see yeah. he's in everything, this guy. And he he's like the guy who is doing an intake thing for, uh, for Nicholas. And they basically run him through all these really weird tests. Yeah. So he does like a psych test. He does like a physical, and you could tell like they give the, the way that it's cut and everything that he's basically there like all day. Yeah. He's like getting annoyed, and they're just like doing all these different testing things on him. I don't know if I could have done that. Yeah, you just get annoyed after a while. That's like, what I'm what saying. The fuck <laughs> is this? Like what is? And he does like when they have him sitting in the room with that projector screen of like weird shit playing. Yeah. You see him get like antsy, and he's kind of over it. So this is what I don't understand. Like they call him and they tell him he doesn't qualify. 
Like, is that just to throw him because off guard, I guess? It's, it's because he's not a man used to being told no. Oh, okay. So, they so wanna... they're rejecting him, and that already right there puts him Starts on guard. It. Because okay. you know what? You know that's the case because when he calls his brother, he doesn't mention that. He just says, I don't think that's I have right. time to do it. So he's covering yeah. himself because rejection is not something he accepts, and it, wow. it's an embarrassment to him. So that's why he had to do that. So yeah. they knew that when they did the psychic valve on him, you know? Yeah. Gets home after a night or a day of work or whatever, and you see what at first you think is a body, right? Sitting in the driveway. <laughs> yeah. It turns out to just be a creepy ass clown, which yeah. not a fan of that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You were one of the people who has a clown phobia? Not a phobia. I just don't really like them. Good Lord. <laughs> You know, I watched it when I was like eight years old and it scarred me, okay? There's does trauma. The, There's trauma the, there. Does the Joker scare you? No, that one doesn't scare me. Oh, okay. It's more like the, you know, the clown with the teeth or whatever. Like that just, yeah, that's, like that's, I said, it's it's trauma. It's childhood trauma. Like who lets their fucking eight-year-old watch a movie like that? My well, parents, apparently. <laughs> but yeah. Uh. Yeah, so now we see the game begins, right? And he finds a key in the mouth of the clown, and he has no idea what it is. what it is. Right. And so here's the first part where you're kind of like, how did they do this? Because then all of a sudden, the news anchor on the TV starts talking to him. Yep. So that's like, like you know, how do you explain that? I guess, like, maybe they... Okay. Like, pipe a feet. Like, how would you even do that? But see, to do that, they would have had to get into his house. Yes, exactly. So I, I was thinking about that too. You could do this today, but yeah. back in the nineties, it's a lot more um, labor intensive as far as installing equipment. Mm -hmm. Cause it has to be set in place. Cause he's just getting a, uh, I guess he's getting a cable. Now that's true. I guess they could cut into a splice into his cable and, and set up a separate feed, I guess. And then you still need that camera, which was in the, the uh, that we find out later about but you need to have both of these because you need to be able to hear him. Yeah. You know? Now, granted, I guess if he had people at the house and they were saying they were working on the house and mm -hmm. the maid uh, let them in, that's a way to do it. True. You know, that that could have been that. They, they could have just been saying they're doing repair stuff because all you need is some microphones to record the sound. Well, the video, though, you need to splice into. Didn't like cable boxes used to be on the outside of the house too, right? Yeah. So I guess they could technically, if they just got to a cable box, they could splice into it. Yeah, right? because people used to steal people's cable. They'd yeah. splice it, and that way you didn't have to pay for it, and your neighbor yeah. did. Yeah. It's just though they'd also have to then pay off this guy who's a newscaster, like a normal news guy, and have him like do this. That's the thing. You know? See that? That's where you're right. See, that's where the disbelief problem is because yeah. there's a lot of paying off. And yeah. telling people stuff that it it make like I said in 1997 this didn't even occur to me but as I'm watching it now yeah. <laughs> right? it's like, like man <laughs> you know so it'd be like if you're watching your local anchor and your local anchor all of a sudden says you know you're a sack of shit yeah right what <laughs> and you've been watching this person for 20 years you know yeah so from there he ends up going back to his uh, club again. Oh, just and, so I don't know if we explicitly said it. There is a camera in the doll. Um, oh, that's right. Sorry. Yeah. The guy, the guy, when he's talking to him through the TV mentions that there's a camera. Yeah. And that's how he's able to interact with him and see what he's doing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, so then, so this is kind of the first part. Again, they're like keeping him on his toes, right? Trying to figure out what's going on. But but this is clearly part of the game. So he mm -hmm. knows what's going on right now. He's supposed to meet his brother again for dinner. Yeah. And uh, the brother never shows up. A waitress spills, it's wine, right? A glass of wine all over. Yeah, it's a whole glass of wine all over his white shirt. <laughs> yeah. And then she's an asshole to him because he's an asshole to her and she ends up getting fired, right? Yeah. At this point, he kind of knows something's up, so he he assumes she's part of this game. And he follows her. He gets a note, too. That's right. He gets a note. And was it another key? Or he got something else, right? It was a note and something else. Uh, there was a key in the doll um, yeah. that he pulled out. Um, I don't remember a second key at the okay. club. I just remember the, the maitre d' or the waiter slammed that whatever you put the the money the bill you put the bill in oh, uh, on the, the table ball. yeah yeah he put that on there and we don't even need to see the note until they get outside and the yeah. note says don't let her go you know oh sorry you're right that's i missed that part yeah. yeah uh so he goes after her and he finds her and she's outside giving like mouth to mouth to some guy who seems like dying or something he's like having that. a heart attack heart or attack? a seizure yeah. or something yeah nicholas didn't want to touch the guy yeah, of course. <laughs> he's rich and he doesn't know what kind of germs this guy that, has. Well, she gave him mouth to mouth, though. Yeah. <laughs> and, and scooped that slime. Of, uh, I don't know if he would have done that, Gianna. Scooped no. it out of his mouth and then gave him mouth to no, mouth. No, ew, no. So you're going to let the poor dude just die? This is why I never learned CPR. So, ah, <laughs> so you have a plausible denial. Plausible <laughs> Smart move. <laughs> yeah. You know, my whole family went into healthcare and I did not. So nah. that tells you all you need to know. Well, so. I think you said you don't like blood. You don't want to not see the really. blood and stuff. No, not a huge fan of it. I don't know if you're a germaphobe, but definitely the blood. No. Yeah, but I don't like even like even giving blood. Like I don't have a fear of needles, but it's just that initial like I can't watch it as it's happening. Yeah. You know, it just kind of freaks me out a little bit to to have that mess. <laughs> <laughs> Or like broken bones, man. I would pass out if I saw a broken bone. That's oh, you not... mean the compound fractures where it's yeah, sticking like out the skin? Yeah, like where they stick out of yeah. the arm, man. That I, yeah. oh, no, that's, those are the things where I'm like, nope, that's why I can't be a doctor <laughs> <laughs> or a nurse. Nurses get it worse. So. This is true. Uh, but yeah, so a, a ambulance shows up and the guy with the ambulance tells them that they have to go with the guy. Uh, so oh, the the police tells them the police. Sorry, so the police and the ambulance show up, and they're like, "No, you have to go, and you have to give a statement. You have to go, you know, to the hospital or whatever." Yeah. So they go, and then everybody like disappears. So they realize that they're again like it's part of this weird, but again, a whole nother like uh, choreographed thing of like all of these people and just like it's very yeah. It, it, it's weird because a lot of people uh, i'll just i'll just paint this for y'all so the ambulance takes them to what appears to be an underground parking lot for the hospital there's about 100 people in here just walking around doing their thing all medical people and then all of a sudden the lights go out and everybody scatters like cockroaches yeah. and again it didn't bother me when i was a kid i just kind of was just into this story but I looked at it this time because I forgot about that. I forgot about a lot of things happening in this film. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just yeah. that's just hard. I mean, that that is choreographed. I mean, everybody knew on cue to go. 
The yeah. one thing they could have done was just have people walking around still, like confused like he was. But no, they all yeah. scatter. So yeah, it's kind of weird when you watch it today in 2021, yeah. you know? But yeah, so they try to get into, so at this point he's still, he's, he's, he's curious about whether this girl, Christine is her name, yeah. is part of the plan. He doesn't think so, but he doesn't really know. Yeah. And so they end up going into an elevator that gets stuck, right? And mm -hmm. they open the little phone thing to tr and there's no it's not in there. So then he tries the key, right? And it starts to go up. It starts to go up, but it gets stuck. Of course. And then there's this whole scene of like <laughs> trying to get out of the elevator and a weird line where she's like, I don't want you to boost me up because I'm not wearing any panties. Like, it's just a weird. I, <laughs> again, this was the 90s. Yeah. And that's the kind of shit that you see in movies. But the moral of that story is, ladies, oh, wear some underwear. <laughs> yes. I mean, look at, what, what is wrong with you walking around with yeah, no yeah, underwear? She doesn't work. <laughs> to work i, like, I that's, mean I, I don't know that's weird it's it's just but again you know in the 90s people did what they wanted to do i don't know what ladies do yeah. today but in the 90s people did they just didn't give a shit you just do what you want to do but you should always wear underwear you know yeah just in case moral of the story always wear underwear that's right in case you have to go through an elevator shaft <laughs> you never know when someone might have to look up your skirt that is absolutely i mean men don't have this issue so yeah. Call it sexist if you want, but I think you should just wear the underwear. I mean, if you're wearing a kilt, I guess you'd have that issue, right? You'd have you, to make the choice. You so. know what? When I was in New York, so you know in New York, I don't know if, I know you've been there, so I guess you've walked the streets. Yeah. They have those air grates oh, on yeah. the sidewalk. Yeah. And I swear it never ceases to amaze me how many women will walk across that and their skirt gets blown the fuck up. Yep. Every time. <laughs> it just blows it. You know, it's just, I mean, honestly, y'all should just wear pants. Everywhere you go, <laughs> just wear pants. It's a little sexist, Sean. I'm just it's saying, so okay, but when that air grate goes up, you'll be like, I should have listened to Sean. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the no, embarrassment. I'm not going to lie. Like, I wear a dress once in a while, and even in, in Vegas, it gets windy, and yeah. you don't realize that, that that wrong gust of wind, and you're like, oh, that, shit. Exactly. <laughs> I can only imagine the humiliation you'd feel, especially if you got no panties on. Well, yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> thankfully, I never put myself in that situation. But yes, understandable. You got to know the risk when you go out. So. I, I guess. <laughs> or just always wear pants. Always wear pants. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so when they finally get out of this elevator, they realize they're back in the office of this CRS place. So now he's like, really just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And, uh, they end up leaving or they no, they get they set off the security alarm mm -hmm. but i think i don't know they don't do or somebody I, it, it just happens. it just goes yeah. off i think it was a motion detector or something yeah so she runs christine runs and he just runs after her and they see like a security car but she like keeps running and they get away from it and uh they end up back at his office right is that where it is uh yeah uh, because he's they got, like a shower in his office so she yeah. asked if she can clean up really quick now um, pause right there today none of y'all would have went into that shower because you would have been thinking is this guy gonna rape me yeah because you just met him well, yeah i'm telling you i'm telling you the chances of you actually doing that he has what? a shower in his office uh, in his office you you only knowing this guy for 10 minutes you already yeah. pissed him off by throwing a bottle of wine on his ass 
You know, it's true. You have. I'm telling you, it, you'd be hard pressed to do this today. Yeah, another uh, another one of the many things you have to just go with. In this right. Movie. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they end up. She cleans up. They just kind of go. Okay, well, well, that was a fucked up night. And he puts her in a cab and sends her on her merry way. Yep. We get the next morning. He gets a call that his credit card was found at the hotel Nico. And to me, he's assuming that she took it, right? That's what Mm -hmm. I get from this scene. Yeah. Uh, So he goes down there and he goes to the front desk and, you know, he asks them another, another interesting sleight of hand moment. He goes, oh, I need a key. And they're like, well, didn't we give you one last night? And he checks his pocket and there's a key. So it's like, okay. Oh, it's because right before he got there, he ran into a a guy who bumped into him. Yeah. The guy put it into his pocket. Yeah. He goes up to the hotel room and it is just like a bomb went off. Yep. Right? Like there's drugs everywhere. There's porn playing in the background. There's like uh, Polaroids of like compromising situations. I mean, honestly, this hasn't happened to me a lot because I avoid these kind of situations, but I've walked into a room where people are using excessive drugs and I I leave. I, I can't because I keep yeah. thinking police raid at some yeah. point and I don't want to ever get caught into that. And when he was walking through that room and he's seeing all the little uh, there was a whole bunch of sex uh, p- Polaroid pictures everywhere. Yeah. The only thing that really bothered me was that cocaine and the police coming through <laughs> that door at any yeah. moment. That's all I kept thinking about, you know? Absolutely. But then he's also thinking like this is all on his credit card too. True. Right. Yep. So like it's definitely so he tries to start. Well, he tells housekeeping to go away, and he tries to kind of start cleaning up, but he's it's just not really working. Right. Like he's trying to flush something down the toilet, and the toilet overflows. Like it's just uh, it's just a disaster. Yep. And so now he's like shaken. So now he's again trying to get away, and he sees he's being followed by someone. Uh. And it he confronts the guy, and it turns out this guy tells him he's a private investigator who was hired to follow him. <laughs> and I forgot, I missed this in my notes. I, uh, who, who did he say? Who's the guy that he said he was hired by? Uh, it's oh, a client, no. right? He said that someone hired him to follow him. Yeah. Oh, that's not what I thought she was going to bring up. This is what, what I thought she was going to bring up. So I wrote this in my note. We discover the investigator played by Mark Boone Jr., in the credits is called Shady Private Investigator. Oh, I didn't even see that. <laughs> but this is also the same actor who played the greasy FBI agent from Seven. Same guy. Oh, really? Yeah, same. Oh, I, I looked him up because when I saw yeah. him, because he looks the same. The clothes yeah. is probably the same. And yeah. I looked him up and it's the same exact guy. Mark Boone Jr. is the guy's oh, name. Wow. And he's the worst looking FBI agent I've ever seen. And I guess he got fired from the FBI and now he's a private investigator. Yeah. But he's got the same wardrobe and a worse car. <laughs> same exact, because me and you were laughing about it because like that cannot be an FBI man. I mean, he yeah, was yeah, greasy yeah. and everything. So yeah, you're yeah. right. Now that I look him up, that's yep. funny. Same guy. <laughs> but again, David Fincher directed both of these. So I guess he said, hey, dude, you just look oh. like a dirt bag. Yeah, so. I didn't even realize he he's this guy was also in uh uh Sons of Anarchy. Oh, see, I didn't really see that. Yeah, so I, I saw that now one. that I see like him looking all scruffy like he did in Sons of Anarchy, I recognize him. Okay, that's his look. That's who that guy is. Yeah. <laughs> that's his look. Well, he's a little like he's he's 
older when he was in Sons of Anarchy, so like it, I didn't recognize him right away. But yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. Here's where I missed it in my notes: is is he goes to someone's house and 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 oh, he does take the guy's him, right? gun though. It's, it's a client though, right? That he goes he, to talk to. He goes to talk to um Anson Bear, who's played by uh Armin. What's his name? Yeah, Armin Mueller-Stahl. He's kind of a famous actor. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, though, he took the private investigator's gun. That's right. Yeah, because he realized it was real. Yeah. He shot the tire. Yep. Uh, so he takes the pictures and goes to meet Bear and thinks yeah. Bear is behind. Because when the private investigator says, someone hired me to follow yeah. you, he thinks it's Bear. And so that's yeah. why he takes the pictures. But Bear is having lunch with his wife and his daughter. Yeah. And he throws those naked picture things on the table. Um, and says, if this is an attempt to get out of me, uh, for me firing you, because he fired him from one of his companies. That's right. That's what it was. Yeah, I knew there, were, I, I forgot to write it down. I knew there was some kind of past with those two, right? Right. So, yeah. But his lawyer, Sutherland, uh, uh, Nicholas's lawyer, is with them. And he says, um, I signed the paperwork. I took your severance package. And then he confirms yeah. it with Sutherland. And then he feels stupid because he's yeah. like, well, then Bear's not behind this. So now he's just kind of losing his mind, right? Because he doesn't know what's real and what's not. Right. And he realizes someone's, like, fucking with him. Like, Seriously. Hardcore, and yeah. he doesn't understand the point of this game. Right? Yeah. So then another thing, he goes home, and his home is completely trashed. Oh, with the graffiti everywhere. With the graffiti, yeah. and the, like, his music's playing. I mean, it's just, like, all crazy and he goes and checks on his we find out his maid is like a living maid she lives in like a little house behind his mansion his childhood maid yeah and he goes and checks on her and she seems to be fine she doesn't know what's going on um which makes you wonder is she in on it too exactly (laughs) uh i'm telling you this happened to me to be a lot of dead people Telling yeah. you, because I but couldn't you handle. You know what was going on, right? Oh, I'm talking no about real at the end of it. Oh, Gianna, even you, I love you, Gianna, but I mean, I'd be performing last rites on your ass. No way. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is not funny. I couldn't handle it. Yeah. I'd be going crazy if it was me. <laughs> but yeah, at this point, Conrad shows up again, and he acts like the game is out of control. Yeah. And he tells him, I've tried to pay them more money to get them to stop and no one will stop. And they're terrorizing me. And, and he starts freaking out and, uh, they're driving, but he ends up, the car stops and he gets out and they, they just get in this huge fight right. about how, uh, Nicholas always had to take care of him after their father committed suicide and all this stuff. And, and Conrad ends up just running away into the night. Right. So here's the part where I find the most unfucking believable of this whole movie. There we go. The cab. That's right. Okay. <laughs> and so oh, I forgot. Let's let's take it back a second. When he was in his office earlier that day, he gets a box, and in it is like a little. It looks like a little crank. Right. Yeah, it's Which a we crank. We find out what it is in here in this now. Yeah. So he gets in this cab. The cab locks him in, and then the guy fucking puts the gas pedal on and jumps out, and it goes into the river. Yep. Like, what the fuck? Now, how do they not know he's not going to die? Now, okay, exactly. Because had that been me, full disclosure, I can't fucking swim. Okay, so yeah. if I'm stuck in that car and I can't get out of that car, or even if I get in out of that car and into the water, I'm still dead. Unless you're going to have someone come out there and get me, because yeah. he went into San Francisco Bay. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mean, 
for him to jump out of the car and I'm locked in this thing, if I, I can't even tell you the beating I would give this man because there's no way in hell. Because he could have, how, there's so many ways you could have died in that thing. The door, that window, what if the door, what if the crank broke? When you were working, it broke in half. Then the window wouldn't have dropped because that what they weren't auto, they weren't automatic windows, but they were automatic locks. You're gonna yeah. die because the car will fill up with water and you'll drown to death. You know, it, it's it's horrible. That that right there, because I totally forgot about that scene. That right there, I, I it would have been a deal breaker for me, for me, because he's yeah. right. Later when he confronts the cops, that was attempted murder. Outright, yeah. you know. Yeah, and like, how did they know for sure that he had the little crank in his pocket, right? Yeah, he could have left it anywhere. That's the old school. Uh, it's a it's to open the window, basically. Is yeah, what it is. that's right. So he figures that out, but like, how? Like again, there's so many little pieces that have to go perfectly right for this to happen. I, I, I guess they could say from the inside of the car before the water fills up, you could have kicked the window out. Yeah. I guess, but remember. These are for like those calm, cool IMDb gangster reviewers who know how to handle every situation. Yeah, right. The, the typical person will be panicking like crazy, you know? Because yeah. first of all, my cab driver jumped out of the moving car that he locked yeah. me in. And now I'm in the San Francisco Bay with the fishes. See? No. Yeah. No. Some things are unforgivable. But see, and... that to me is the most unbelievable part of the whole movie. Is like there's, <laughs> there's too many variables for that to be a controlled situation. No, there's there's one more, the very end. Okay, well, yeah, building. but this, yeah. yes, but like, this is one of the biggest, like, just like, I call bullshit. Yeah, like, it was, no I, way. I mean, so many things could have, he also was running some red lights too. Yeah. To get to there. So a car could have hit him when he's, yeah. been out. now they're gonna say they controlled the, the opposite, the streets outside of that street. Yeah. Okay, but you gotta do that along the whole street though. I guess exactly, you could do yeah. that, but the stunt people do that. But I don't know. There is a lot of control factors you have to have in place for this yeah. to work. And him not to see any of the things being controlled. True. Like, that's a thing, too, for them to stay hidden, but at the same time. Because like you said, yeah, they could block all the streets off, but how would he not notice that when all this is happening, <laughs> that's right? That's true. Like, it's, just, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> Again, I like the movie, but I'm just, you know, like you said, watching it all these years later, you're just right. kind of like, wow, all right, a lot of this is pretty ridiculous. I cannot tell you how much I just accepted it. I didn't yeah. question any of this stuff in 99. And I was in the theater enjoying the hell out of this movie. I didn't yeah. question none of it. <laughs> none of it. Uh, yeah, so here, he, now he's like really freaked out and he decides he wants to go, well, he calls the cops at this point. They try to go to the office, they realize the offices are vacant now. There's nobody there. The cops and, also said they couldn't find the cab, the cab in the San Francisco Bay. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. Again, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless like, the cops are fake. That's the thing. Like, that's right? the thing. Another, yeah. But it just didn't make any sense because it's like, how do you not find the cab in yeah. the water? Mm -hmm. how, what? <laughs> how? It didn't float away. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they, they tell him like, and and he has no proof as to what's been happening to him. So they True. can't even like go after anyone. Except right? for the graffiti on the walls. Yeah. But that's a misdemeanor, they said. It's yeah. just trespassing. Exactly. So he decides the only avenue he has is to go find the waitress, Christine. Yeah. So luckily he called her a cab with their like the business cab company. So he's able to get in touch with them and find her address that she went to. Mm -hmm. He goes there and again, things are really weird, right? He 
is waiting for her and he's in the front room and there's like a lamp but it seems to be like smoking so when he checks there's still a tag on it and it's in on like it's on top of the bulb so it's burning and then he looks at a picture frame and it oh looks no no like- he tries he burnt his finger so he went to the sink to run water on it oh that's and right yeah there's no water there's no water <laughs> nope and uh he sees a picture frame and it looks like her as a little girl, but he opens the back and it's like a newspaper clipping. So when she comes back in the room, he confronts her and she admits that that's her. And he's like, really? Well, why don't you take this photo out of the frame? (laughs) And so she starts going on the defensive going, they're watching us. Like there's cameras everywhere. Let's just go somewhere else. Right. Trying to gain hit, like basically saying she's a victim of the game as well. Right. right? Uh, And he freaks out. He, she told him the camera was in the smoke detector, so he beats the smoke detector off the ceiling. At this point, like, a van shows up that has the CRS on it, and it's almost like they're now coming after him, right? Yeah. And uh, so Had like, this not had CS- CRS on the side of the van, most people would have thought that was a rape van. Yeah, right? Because <laughs> they also brought out a medical gurney, too. Yeah. The, the guys with the guns come out, and then yeah. in the back, a guy pulls out a medical gurney because yeah. they're going to take the guy away. So, mm-hmm. but this was before people were saying rape vans. <laughs> <laughs> so they get in a car and they start getting away. And he, at first, kicks her out of the car. Yeah. And then he changes his mind and he comes back to get her. She starts telling him, like, this is all a scam and they stole all your money. She's like, you need to call your your bank yeah in germany yeah so he calls and they seemingly tell him that yeah all of his accounts have been drained yep and uh again not funny no (laughs) because i i would not have reacted well to that no and she claims that they that that's what all the testing was for is by by doing all that testing they were able to like figure out what his passwords and stuff were yeah uh, and they got his handwriting sample. Like, they got all this information from him during that testing session. Yeah. So he takes her to, like, it's a cabin. And while they're there, they're talking and everything. And he gets a call from his attorney. And the attorney tells him, no, your accounts are fine. Like, I don't know who you talk to or what, you know, what's going on. And now he's really thrown off. And all of a sudden, he starts to feel weird. Right? Well, before that, she goes... He's in on it too. Oh, that's right. She she fucks with his mind, which is again, again like, why would you believe someone you barely know? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, the man's worth a hundred million dollars, yeah. and you just met her, and you've known your attorney for twenty years, and like, I'm like, I I know right now his mind's kind of messed up. I get it, but still, it's hard to move a hundred million dollars without people yeah. noticing it or calling you or contacting you or something, you know? You just don't, yeah. it's not like when I move a thousand dollars. I mean, I know like the whole premise is it's supposed to be like he's caught off guard and he's just like, doesn't know what to do or believe. But yeah, why would you believe someone you barely know over someone you've known for a long time? Exactly. Right? But we find out that she basically, she drugged him. Mm-hmm. So next time we see Nicholas, he's in Mexico. He wakes up in a coffin, an yeah. old wooden box coffin. He doesn't even know where he's at. He just knows he's in a yeah. coffin. Yep, that's another thing. Not funny. Because I, yeah. oh my God, I don't speak Spanish. I ain't never been to Mexico. And I ain't never woke up in a coffin. 
ever in my life. So. <laughs> but yeah, so here again, like, this is another hard to believe scenario, right? So he goes, how do they know he's going to go to the consulate, right? Yeah. Is this still part of it? Like, well, that, um, I mean, he does. I think he says he doesn't speak Spanish. Yeah. I think he said that. So the only, I mean, most people who travel know that they can go to their consulate. It's just yeah. a question of finding it because mm -hmm. generally, if you're in a country that doesn't speak English, you have to convey it in their language to get to the consulate. Yeah. You know, um, so I, I could kind of see them logically saying this is what he's going to do when he when he figures out where he's at and how he figures he's going to get out of there. What I didn't count on was the consulate member was going to be crooked. Well, yeah, <laughs> that again, I wouldn't like, have counted on. Is you know? that a plant? Like who is like, again, like, how do they know? Because, yeah, he claims he was mugged, right? But the guy immediately goes, oh, really? Uh, that's a pretty nice watch for someone who got mugged. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. Uh, you know? I get it. But you see how the guy, uh, Nicholas, is dirty as hell. Yeah. You know, he's not exactly, all, yeah. you know, clean and quaffed like he normally would be. Something happened to the man, you know? It could have been a sex orgy gone wrong, because that happens. But yeah. I don't think so. The man, or, or he could have, I was, when I watched the scene, I was thinking that the consulate guy was thinking he was crazy, you know? Yeah. Maybe he got high or really drunk and he doesn't remember what happened to him. He manages to get himself back to the U.S., right? Between the watch and getting some rides and stuff like that. That was a again, hard I travel. Guess, I guess this was really before passports were needed to get across the border, right? Like this. Otherwise, I, I, I didn't think before 2001 you needed a passport to go in. I guess, Mexico. yeah, I don't think you did, right? I, I thought you just needed your Canada. ID. Yeah. Yeah, Canada, I know right. you didn't. But Mexico, Canada, I think you could just, as long as you had your ID, you could go. Now you have to have a passport. But back then you didn't. Mexico, I didn't think, I thought all you had to do was show legal ID. And that's it. They'll let you go to and fro. That's Maybe it. Maybe that's what it was. I mean, this I was too young at the time to do a Mexico trip, so I wouldn't have known. But uh, yeah, yeah, I have to assume that like, but he didn't even have his ID, would he have? Like, how? Would no, he, he didn't have anything. He couldn't yeah. prove who he was. You know, all he had was well, his American accent. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. about it. That's all the proof he had. You know. Yeah. So he gets back to San Francisco. He finds that his mansion is foreclosed. <laughs> so he is able to get a gun that he had hidden and he goes to talk to his ex-wife yeah uh who he had treated like shit earlier yeah. in the movie and now he's all humbled and he's apologizing and <laughs> you know the, the the usual shtick um when he sees on the tv there's an ad and it's the guy the character actor we we're talking about james rebhorn yeah, whose character and, name is Jim Feingold. Yeah, and, and he realizes that this he needs to go find this dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he manages to track him down and finds out that he was just an actor that was hired, right? Mm -hmm. And he helps, he forces the guy to uh, take him to the real office of CRS because I think he tells him that it's just the same. They own the whole building. They just move floors, right, is what he's yeah. saying. Yeah. Uh, because that would actually, now, when they said that, that would make sense. Because remember when he was interviewing the cop, the cop said there's no record of this company you're talking about renting that floor. But yeah. if they own the whole building, there wouldn't be any record because you don't exactly. keep records of fictional companies. You know? Exactly. So. Yeah. So he ends up getting there and he 
confronts Christine and he takes her hostage with the gun that he has. And he demands that she take him to whoever's behind all of this. Oh, don't forget. She was sitting next to the cab driver. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who bailed on him. Now, I will tell you this. <laughs> to quote Ving Rhames, I'm going to get medieval on this dude's ass because I would t- pistol whip the hell out of that dude. There's the, that's all I would have been able to see was him. <laughs> it, I wouldn't have been able to see nobody else but that guy who tried to kill me. <laughs> that's it, you know. But she was sitting right next to him. And then the, the shady private, because the room was filled with actors. Yeah. The whole, they went, they were in a cafeteria and the whole place was, everybody was in like cop uniforms, nurses uniforms. It was really kind of surreal. I can only imagine that's what he would have felt like. Like, is, am I still asleep? Am I unconscious? Yeah. Is this a dream? Because I'm seeing all these people I've seen in the last week in one room and yeah. they're all like, they were all real to me. You know, now you, I find that you're all actors, every one of you, you know? Again, a lot of people had to get paid to make this hoax a reality. I, true, but that cab driver still would have got his ass beat. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, yeah, he's in turmoil because he's like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And he kidnaps Christine and like, so these other people come in and start shooting at him. The like, security team. Security team. And he just takes her up to the roof and locks the door. <laughs> and she's free, like, she's got a walkie talkie. So she's acting all freaked out because she's like, where did you get that gun? And she's telling him it's not a prop, it's a real gun. And she's acting like really scared. And she's trying to convince him like, hey, this was all a joke. Like it's, you know, this is all of your finances are fine. This is actually your birthday party. And the, you know, people, you hear the door, like someone's frantically like pushing and knocking on the door. Yeah. And she keeps saying, no, those, those are your friends and family. Like this isn't, uh, this is like a party. You're mm-hmm. good. And he doesn't believe her, and he's all freaked out. I wouldn't either. And as soon as the door opens, he shoots, and he shoots his brother. It's Conrad with a bottle of champagne. So, and now we get to your, what you say is also the uh, most ridiculous part of the story. (laughs) Like, thinking he just killed his own brother, he decides to just jump off the roof. Okay. There are four corners to a roof, okay? Mm -hmm. So that means that when he jumps, he jumps, he falls down the building through a glass ceiling and into an airbag. Now that means you'd have to have four airbags around the building. That is correct. But what if I would have picked the corner and just went that way? Do you have an airbag that goes all the way around everywhere? You know what I'm saying? And you have, I mean, you have to know for sure he's gonna jump at a certain angle and land in a specific spot, yep. you know, perfectly, perfectly. And I think I, I I can't remember exactly, but I think that was the one thing in the movie theater when I was 20, whatever, that I was like, I don't know about that one, man. <laughs> I'll go yeah. with everything else you said in this movie, but that one, I don't know about that one, you know? Yeah. That's taking a huge chance. And who would sign an insurance form for that shit? Uh, what if he died of a heart attack yeah now i know what they'll say but that's why we did the physical test so we know he wouldn't have it you don't know he wouldn't have a heart attack but he also (laughs) falls through a glass roof how does you know a breakable glass glass. uh breakable glass that's what they said the emt tells him that because he says don't move even though it's breakable glass it, it still can cut you 
like, so they replaced the whole roof of this place with brick. I mean, like, what the fuck, man? This is, again, like, that's a lot of shit to do. I know. <laughs> I know. You have to, and you have to do that four times yeah. on each each corner because you don't know which way he's going to jump. You know, you have no idea. But, yeah, but again, so I still say the heart attack could have happened. Yeah. He's 48. Once you cross 40 for men, you enter heart attack country yeah. and it increases each decade you live. So yeah. jumping off a building, I don't think you're real calm <laughs> when you're about to do that, you know. Just say, me yeah, so, here, so here we are. Conrad, his brother, shows back up. He's alive and he's like, I just wanted you to live, man. Now at this point, if this was you, would you strangle the dude? This would be <laughs> this beating would be worse than what the cab driver would have got. I'm telling you, brother, no brother. I'm telling you, I couldn't stomp enough feet in that dude's ass yeah. to justify how angry I would have been. I just, I, I'm telling you. Again, uh, I remember at the beginning of this movie when he overheard the uh, conversation and he goes, he talks to the guy who said he'd done it before. And he yeah. says, I can see what I couldn't see before. No, that's not how I react to this. I would have been worse, if anything. I'm kind of a recluse now. And I would have been happy I got my money back and you'd never see me again. Cause I couldn't trust any of y'all. None of y'all, the pizza delivery man, anybody. How do I know you ain't all on the take? No, nope. I uh, would be really fucking pissed. I don't know how you would have, I, I, I guess, I'm trying to think it, once they revealed a joke, would your sense of humor kicked in? You thought it was funny. Craig comes know. out and says, you know, uh, it's just a joke. It's your birthday. I don't know. Because, see, we all don't know. Gianna's kind of a controlled person professionally. But I don't know what kind of nut job she is personally in social situations when there's no restrictions on her. <laughs> so I don't know how she would have reacted to taking a flying leap off a building after a week of almost dying in different scenarios and people fucking with her. You know, yeah. and then Craig, her, Craig is her husband, walks up and says, it was all just a joke. I can imagine his nutsack would have been kicked up into his throat and then a right hook would have came. But would no, she I, have forgiven him? I don't I know. Mean, I'm telling you that that would be my reaction. If if someone walked up to me and explained it was all a game, I think I would fucking jump at them. <laughs> like, yeah. just like hands ready to choke out. Like, just yeah. like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Because yeah. I would have been like, what part of this was funny to you? What yeah. what part of that? The, the the almost drowning in San Francisco Bay, the waking up in the Mexican coffin. What, what, yeah. Which part was funny? <laughs> right. So. Yeah, I would uh, I would not have taken well to that. And then at the end of this movie, he offers to pay for half of this experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, like, that, that's not fuck? happening. Like, that's yeah. not happening. What I did notice though, so after the brother reveals himself and the actors come out, I don't and. We know that the lawyer says he didn't know what was going on. So I'm assuming the family members didn't either, like the ex-wife and all them. All they knew is they're supposed to meet here for a birthday celebration. Yeah. But the game they didn't know about. Cause he's right. He said this to Christine. How did how did you get Sutherland to go with you? Mm -hmm. You know? Because Sutherland wouldn't have participated in this. I guarantee you, the kind of guy he portrayed in this movie, he would not have went along with this nonsense. Because there's a million ways the guy could have died, yeah. you know? And then that the, his uh, childhood maid, she wouldn't have went with this either. And definitely not that ex-wife. So that's why, so the only people who knew were Conrad and the actors. But I don't think the family knew. They just knew 
that they were supposed to meet here for some kind of celebration. And then he breaks through the roof and lands on an airbag. Now, anybody who knows me, no, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have jumped off any roof and landed on an airbag unless I'm dead. <laughs> There's no way I would have done it. You know, so I, I, if I would, I can see how they could be shocked. Like none of this makes any sense to us. None of this. But happy birthday, you know. Yeah. Well, but see, this thing that adds so many more variables, right? So if these people didn't know, how do you control the variables of when he reached out to these people? You know. Well, like, if you went if, to see the wife and everything. So if, if they don't, yeah, but when she reached out to him, she just knew he was acting erratically. That doesn't yeah. mean she knew. And that helps the game because she has to, they're not, none of these people, none of his family or the people who work for him are actors. Yeah. So the only way to make it uh, believable to him is for them not to know. And so they're reacting to his erratic behavior and then that comes off as real to him, you know? Yeah. So that I understand. It's just, as you said before, the plausibility of all of this stuff going right, um, at least in 2021, is hard to believe, you know? Yeah. Uh, I still like the film, but it's just hard to believe now. Because like I said, 1997, the only thing I just didn't understand was how you knew which side he was going to jump and how he was going to fall. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, and then the movie ends with another little dose of Stockholm Syndrome, where he decides to go ask... <laughs> this actress lady on a date it's just like really yeah i I don't care look i don't care how hot the woman was i would never want to see that female again in life ever 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 there would be no date coffee nothing i look i got ptsd with you and i only known you a week i don't want imagine a lifetime with you no thing she couldn't even when he asked her where are you from she said oklahoma and she she had to think about it goes oh no i'm from colorado see you don't even know who you are so you're you're uh, no no thanks no thanks nope 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 (laughs) and so that's how it ends and like i said this is the kind of movies they did back in the 90s these psychological thrillers and it wasn't about whether all the pieces made sense things that made you like question who you're seeing and who to believe. That's all that really mattered. The the logistics of it didn't make any difference, honestly. Yeah. You know, um, but it doesn't matter. I, I have not seen this movie in over 20 years and I still liked it. I thought, and plus Michael Douglas is a great actor. Oh, he's a great um, actor. Yeah. Um, I just think he's, I, I was really, I'm still into him, but I was really into him back then because he just kept throwing out these movies. Because remember he did Basic Instinct too and yeah. A Perfect Murder. Um, there was a couple other he did in the nineties. And I was like, oh, in the eighties, he did the one where they boiled the rabbit. Uh him oh, and uh, attraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's when it started with him and the psychological stuff. Mm-hmm. Was that because that was like an early kind of psychological movie. And then he just went with it in the nineties. That's what they kept offering him. So he kept taking them, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's he reminds me, I think Alfred Hitchcock would have loved this guy. This is the yeah. kind of guy he would have had in his movies, like uh, uh, Cary Grant and all that stuff. This would have been, he would have been great with that. You know, I, I think Alfred Hitchcock would have loved stuff like this kind of, he didn't like Supernatural, but he was the one who kind of started all the suspension and the psychological stuff. He loved that stuff. And this was kind of made in the vein of that. So, but you saying for you overall, because the stuff breaks down logically, that's what hurts the entertainment value for you, correct? Yes and no. Like I think overall it it's the movie does what it's supposed to do. It's mm-hmm. yeah, it's a psychological thriller, right? Mm-hmm. But I just think 
I'm one of those people who's super analytical. So yes, I'm always just like, eh, I don't know, really? Like, <laughs> do we really think this is going to happen like this? Like, I don't know. So. Now, if this would have been, if you picture yourself in, in his position, would, at what point would you, would you have jumped off ship on this? Would you have kept pushing through and being the, the rat in the maze? Or would you have just, just hunkered down and said, fuck it, I'm not playing this no more. I'm going to wait till someone shows up and helps me because I'm not doing this shit anymore. Yeah, probably. <laughs> How far would you have gotten? Would it have been so, the car, the cab? Would that have been the, the final straw uh, for you? It probably would have been before that, but yeah. I don't oh, know, when okay. When the clown showed up on my door, I probably would have been like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's when it all starts. <laughs> well, that fear of clowns must be strong. Yeah. No, it's yeah, it's a very strange. Well, I think I would have never even started the process. Like, if someone gives you, tells you they want you to be part of some random game and you know nothing about it, I think I'm probably gonna pass. Oh, so the the sense of adventure of the unknown wouldn't have superseded. I don't know. See, I would have thought you would have liked the 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 adventure of it, not knowing what this is, not knowing what the game entails. It would have just been a different kind of thing, you know, and you would have been curious is why you would have signed that paperwork and done it. The thing, Sean, is I don't like to play games that I can't win. Ah, look at that. <laughs> look at that. All right, y'all. This is the end of the episode. Appreciate all of y'all listening to the show. Until next time, goddammit. <laughs>